0: With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech.
1: As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Amberly Grant. I'm Monique.
1: I'm Mark Troutman, and you're listening to the Earn and Invest
0: Podcast.
2: If you're of a certain age you might remember the TV show Cheers. Running from September of 1982 till May of 1993, it chronicles the lives of bartender Sam, waitresses Carla and Diane, co-bartender the coach, and several patrons including Cliff, Norm, and Frazier. Although many themes, subtexts, and plots wind their way through the years of shows, one of the most important is stated right there in the song that opens up each episode. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? And it continues. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. Today is very different from the 1980s and 90s. With the explosion of technology leading to the hustle and bustle of today's internet and the recent social prohibitions caused by the COVID pandemic, we are more isolated than ever. Yet, as the song says, sometimes all we want to do is go somewhere where everybody knows our name. And as in the case of our guests today, they also want to talk about money. Are you looking to elevate your asset allocation, guard your portfolio against volatility? Equity Multiple can help. Invest in professionally managed commercial real estate starting with just $5,000. Establish passive income streams while experienced asset managers go to work on your behalf. Sign up at equitymultiple.com forward slash earn and receive an enhanced return on your first investment. Again, that's equitymultiple.com forward slash earn. In March of 2022, Fintalks, a weekly Tuesday Zoom meetup created by Amberly Grant to have financial conversations at all levels, Mm -hmm. celebrated its 100th weekly session. Today, Amberly is joined by members Mark Troutman and Monique Smaby. Amber, Mark, Monique, welcome to Earn and Invest. Amber, I want to start with you. Is personal finance boring? Not at all. I
0: love it. (laughs) It's really exciting.
2: That probably surprises people. What about personal finance got you interested in the first place and why Startup FinTalks?
0: I have been interested in finances since I was 15 years old. I read my first finance book way back in the day, but didn't have money until about four years ago. So I've always just been collecting knowledge and I find it such an empowering process to understand how mm-hmm. the world works and how money can make you have freedom, better choices, and really like understand your future not just live for today. And I just really love all those concepts when it comes to money. So I don't see it as just dollars in, dollars out. I see it as like a lifestyle. FinTalks, however, was something that happened actually at the lowest point of my life. Well, one of them. In March of 2020, I was going through a pretty devastating breakup and had always wanted to impart my financial knowledge on others. And knowing that there was a pandemic going on and people were losing their jobs, I decided that I should start doing daily Facebook lives five times a week for about 20 minutes a piece and teaching people different financial topics. So I started doing that and I would go live every day on Facebook. And it started with one person, maybe just Mark listening (laughs) and commenting. And then a couple other people, Juan, who I believe, you know, he was also starting to listen and talk. And so we started having this little community of people chatting while I was doing Facebook live. And then I think it was Mark and Juan who said, we should do something where we actually meet. And as someone who's very much a yes woman, I Mm -hmm. decided that, why don't I just start repurposing one of my five a week lives to a Zoom call? And so that's how the Tuesday Zoom started. I just chose a day, which was Tuesday at 5.30 Mountain Time every single week and it started with literally four of us, Mark, his wife, and then three friends who were nice enough to join. And then it grew from there to now we have 40 to 50 people every week.
2: Mark, let's talk about how we consume financial information. There, there are a million ways nowadays, right? There are podcasts, there are blogs, there's YouTube. You were sitting there watching Amberly. Why move to a meetup format? Like, what did you think that would add to the conversation?
1: Well, I was actually so my wife uh, was undergoing cancer treatment, and um, I was actually renting her a uh, unit below, and that's how we actually met. And you know that personal interaction, especially during that time where it was a difficult time for Amberly, it was certainly a difficult time for myself and my wife. It was during COVID, so people weren't getting together. So having this sense of community, especially with people that have a similar common discussion points was just very enlightening. And of course, I have consumed information through books and things like that in the past, but, you know, having the ability to meet people, especially across the country and even the world through Zoom was a totally new medium for for many of us. And so it was very interesting to be able to do that. And of course, while I was downstairs, we could have these conversations in the backyard. But once I moved, you know, we moved back to uh, Crested Butte after some of those treatments, We were able to continue that through Zoom, and it was just an incredible um, experience, especially as it's broadened to such a wide audience.
2: Monique, add on to this, because it sounds like both Amberly and Mark came to FinTalks at somewhat traumatic points in their lives. What brought you into this conversation? Start with personal finance and then FinTalks itself.
3: Yeah, I think I started joining fin Talks. I think, in April of 2020. So it was still fresh and new, but I wasn't one of the first people to join. And I've always had the mantra, uh, as you're in consuming media want to learn something, is follow on the platforms that you're on every day so that you automatically start learning as it comes up in your feed. And so I joined one of the million different FI Facebook groups, and I'd seen Amberly post in there about FinTalks. And I thought that would be a new way to get to know the community better. I'd been pretty involved in the different Facebook groups, but I hadn't built any real personal connections with people. And that was something I was really looking for in that period of my financial independence journey. I was still pretty early on, I had just finished paying off all my student loan debt. So I felt like I was really taking the first two steps and was looking for for people who were maybe a few steps ahead of me that could really help guide me into uh, those next steps. So once I started joining, I've met so many great friends, people I now travel with, I meet up with. It's really built my community that I live in day to day now.
2: Amberly Monique talked about her FI journey. She's speaking of financial independence. Let's talk about who FinTalks is meant for and what exactly it is. Is it a financial independence thing? Is it a personal finance thing in general? Who's kind of your target audience?
0: Because Monika mentioned one of the five groups that she came from, which is a singles in pursuit of financial independence group, I would say a lot of people in the like FinTalks community are actually singles. We do have people from all ages. So we have people who are in their mid to late 50s all the way to 21 year olds who come in. So the age doesn't really matter. What really matters is your motivation. Are you interested in learning about like financial topics from mental health to like 401Ks? And, and it's not necessarily financial independence, but everything I do has a stream of financial independence to it, because to me, that's what taking charge of your finances is. So I know for a fact there's a couple of people in the group who plan to keep, who are in their 20s, who plan to work until they're 60 because they want to have a ridiculous nest egg to pass on to the next generation. So they not necessarily retire early, part of the five movement, but financial independence. And so it truly is for almost everyone who wants to get into some sort of real estate, financial knowledge, and you can come at any any stage in your journey.
2: Mark, expound on that. You've got a huge amount of financial knowledge. When you started going to FinTalks, you brought that with you. Talk about the different levels of financial knowledge of the participants and what it feels like from someone on your side who's pretty experienced as you come into these meetups. Part of my, I am in that, you know, 50-plus age group. <laughs> I'm, I'm the older
1: cohort, I guess you would say. She always said I was an OG. I'm like, is that the old guy? She <laughs> said, no, it's the original gangster, but okay. I was thought it was the old guy. But from my perspective, I really enjoy giving back. That's kind of what my, you know, mission is post-retirement. So I retired at age 50, and that was seven, well, six years ago. So this is my seventh year of Of retirement. And my goal has always been to give back. So I do a financial literacy class in the high school, my local high school, for example, I attend a lot of camp fives where you and I've met a couple of times. And so to this group, it's just another venue for being able to help people. So if people have very simple questions, I'm certainly happy to help with that. If it's a very detailed, sometimes we talk about tax strategies in retirement, and we talk about Roth conversions, we get very deep in some topics but sometimes we just had a person the other uh, day who was asking about moving uh, from one job to another and should she stop contributing to her current employer's 401k because the other employer has a better match and we were you know we collectively answered the question for her and it was a very you know simple question so they the questions range from the very basic to the very detailed and you know hopefully we don't lose everyone when we talk you know, when we get in the weeds, and sometimes we do, but that's okay. And then people realize there's a lot to learn in this space. So for me, it's just a, an, another avenue to, to give back, pay it forward.
2: Moni, talk to us about where you were in your financial journey when you began. Were you one of those who was more of a teacher at the beginning or more of a student when you joined FinTalks?
3: So when I joined in, I believe it was April, 2020, as I'd mentioned, I had just finished paying off my student loans. I actually paid them off in March, 2020, and I've been waiting and waiting for that moment to feel like I really began my financial journey. I had have always read finance books. I think I was like 13 when I started reading the Robert Kiyosaki books, and I just never felt like I had the right tools to get started quite yet, or I just, I couldn't figure out how to plan to put together for someone just um, like my job or like what I was doing in life. And I came across um, this book, Financial Independence by Grant Sabatier, in right after he published it, I think it might've been 2019. And I read it, and it was a perspective of someone who was in their late 20s, early 30s. And I was in my early 30s. And I thought, this is a story I can connect with. It's somebody who's the same age range as me, who's figured out a way to do it, and given really great strategies and ideas on how to get started. That's where I kept getting stuck. How do I get started? I felt like I, I don't know where to begin, aside from paying off uh, my student loan debt. So that's really where I started with. And when I joined this group, I was so excited because I knew I'd gotten the debt behind me, and I could really start charting this path and coming up with ideas. I've always had different side gigs and businesses. um, So I felt like this was my time to really move the needle forward on that.
2: Amberly, talk about the topics of conversation. So you have a weekly conversation on Tuesdays. What have been the last few topics? How do you pick them in general?
0: We have our talk on Tuesday. I have a commitment to myself that I'm going to send the invite out on Thursday. It normally goes out Monday night. And I sit there for the entire weekend sweating, trying to figure out what are we going to talk about this week that we haven't talked about in the past couple months. So that's my process, which is normally much more anxiety driven than it really should be. So last week was, or sorry, two weeks ago was friends and money. So how do you, how do you lend and do you lend to friends and money? And if you do, what's the best way to do it? We've had the investment policy statement. We talk about our most expensive meals we've ever had. We talk about mental health. So what is your like scarcity versus abundance mindset when it comes to money?
1: I was going to say, sometimes it's a topic du jour. So we talked about I-bonds for a little while. We've talked about... Things that have come up in your life that you had a question about or other people that, you know, submit, hey, I'm struggling with this particular thing. And as a group, we kind of collectively answer or help answer that question or help them think about how they can go about answering that question. So sometimes it's kind of a group approach to, you know, and and then they will submit it to Amberly, or we'll have conversations on the side. And she's like, that's a great topic for next week. And sometimes that's how it comes up.
2: Monique, how much of these topics do you feel are tactical where you're learning specific knowledge versus emotional and supportive? Like, do you find yourself going to FinTalks because you feel like you kind of need that support to carry on what you're doing?
3: I feel like it's a bit of both. I go there, I started going for tactical information, looking for different strategies and ideas. And really, then that leads into the community piece of it, which I think is the heart of it is getting to know friends and people and their stories. So that's where it really led into is more that emotional connection you have with people. But I love being on Zoom because it allows you to have both. We talk about these really detailed topics, but then we can also connect as friends too.
1: A group of us from the FinTalks were at economy, for example. So not only do we do this in you know in the virtual format, but we've been able to get together, and I'm sure Emily would talk about something that's coming up soon for the whole group. That is it's not just this virtual connection. It then leads into being a live connection. And I've made some excellent, you know, friendships through this group.
2: Emily, talk more about that. How have things changed from kind of a virtual Uh, relationship and meetup to something more.
0: Yeah. So this started in March of 2020 in the heart of the pandemic when everyone was isolating. So we were all in our homes and it was easy to get on the call every Tuesday because no one had anything going on. And then life started to happen again. People went back to work. They went back to school. So some people would drop off. Some people would join. Maybe they drop off for a couple months and come back. And in probably, I would say, April or May of 2021, someone from the FinTalks group is like, we should meet up in person. It was Alex Wong. I love that I'm bringing him up on this because he definitely was the one who initiated this. And I said, okay. And again, as a yes woman, one of my (laughs) great strengths and terrible weaknesses, I was like, I'll plan a retreat. So I ended up planning a retreat for July The second week of July in 2021, and we had 25 people join in person from FinTalks to meet each other in person in Denver, Colorado. And the cool thing about that one is it was only $50 for the weekend. You had two events, Friday night and Saturday, and then a couple of events like throughout the weekend. And I found free lodging for everyone, which was really exciting as well. So it made it a really cheap weekend for everyone just to come and hang out and meet and get to be in person. And the cool thing is that since then, we have people meeting up all over the country. Like Monique said, she's met up and hiked with people. We have people meeting up in Portland and you know, going for drinks and food. And it's evolved from there to everyone having their own relationships.
2: Amberly, how big is the Fintox community? How many people generally show up to each weekly event? And how big of a number of members do you have right now?
0: It's in flux all the time. So for the past two weeks, we've had 30 to 35 people join for about three months. We had 40 to 50 people join and it just goes up actually. So again, as people come and go, like I'll notice on the call last week, we literally had about seven of our normal members not join. And so for whatever reason, sometimes people email me. I don't require, you don't have to tell me what you're doing. So I'd say in the call, we have between 40 and 50 in a weekly basis. And then my email list is like, Three hundred people long, so it's not that big. And I would say that a lot of a lot of those people on the email list haven't come ever. So it's been where maybe they'll hear about it from a podcast. I'll probably have say ten people reach out, and then three actually will end up joining FinTalks. Talks, and then you know maybe two will join for a long period of time.
2: Mark, talk about the complexities of having that big of a Zoom call because a lot of us do things like masterminds where we have five to 10 people all together. And I know I've been in masterminds where sometimes it's 10 people and it feels like everyone's talking at once and it's hard to organize. Is it hard to have a productive conversation when you've got 40 or 50 people on Zoom?
1: What's interesting is, so you have two different avenues of conversation. One is the you know verbal conversation that's going on in the Zoom and then you have this chat that's flying. <laughs> so you'll find a lot of people are very active in the chat but the conversations, everyone's very polite. No one talks over each other. You know, sometimes raise your hand or Amberly will call on people. So it's very organized in that perspective. And in many cases, there's much more going on in the chat than in the, the verbal. And that's good because then you're not having this large group that's talking over each other. And then many times something will pop up in the chat and that will become a, a focus of the, co- the verbal conversation. So it works very well back and forth through, between the chat and verbally.
3: What I also think is really powerful about this group is since it is a large group and Amberly will set out the topic usually a few days beforehand is we'll usually have somebody join that is an expert on the subject that's already doing that. Say for example, we had one on real estate syndications recently, and that was something I was curious about and didn't know much about, but figured somebody in the group would know more. And I was amazed how many people popped up from our group that knew all about it, had worked in it before. So it really is such a great collaboration the minds
2: here. Amberly, as we discussed, FinTalks now had its 100th session back in March. It's been over two years. Talk about some of the wins, some of the fun stuff that has happened in this FinTalks community.
0: One of my favorite FinTalks, well, I've had two absolute favorite FinTalks episodes or Zoom sessions. One was when we had an FBI agent who is retired come on and talk to us about data and security online. I have had so many people who are very, very interested in that one and said that that was one of the best. The other one is we celebrate things together in FinTalks. Normally it's like, you know, my birthday. So in 2021, we celebrated my birthday where I had someone who wrote a poem about me. We had someone, Roast me on there, <laughs> which was really great. And then we had, like, you know, a couple topics that people went and did a quick PowerPoint presentation or, or a quick chat about what they're really passionate about, which had nothing to do with finances. And we recently did that again just for the 100th Fin Talks and had some really great presenters talking about lifestyle, how to pick individual stocks, wound care. So, uh, you know, a wound trauma nurse came in and talked to us about wound care, which was really cool. But Back to your question, so, so those are some of my wins: is that people from the group get to actually do some presentations and get their own spotlight on things that they're really interested in. The retreats, so our little weekends away—I don't like to call them retreats, but the weekend away—I can't believe I'm throwing a second annual retreat here because I. This is something I dreamed about. I, I have wanted to build a community in a, like forever, and it's what I've always done my whole life but to have such an amazing community who continues to show up constantly is just so cool. And the fact that people are willing to fly from around the country and Canada to come down and have a weekend, like there's 40 of us have a weekend together is just such a huge win. And then for me, because I'm all about community, having people meet up on their own and then send me a message or a like a picture hanging out, doing things, like gets me so excited. So those are a few wins, I would say, specifically from FinTalks.
2: Mark, tell me about some of the financial wins. I'm sure in this two years, you've watched um, some participants go through some difficult financial times. Are there any stories that stick out of people who've overcome or done really well financially since they've started the group?
1: Yeah, so I don't really get the the feedback, or I'm I'm sure Amberly does, but I don't necessarily see the wins as far as, you know, we have a lot of good discussions, and I definitely can see people uh, benefiting from, you know, those discussions. And for instance, you know, I I am a certified financial planner. I don't act as one. I don't, you know, I'm not active in that space. I just do everything pro bono, but I do have a knowledge uh, base to help people and i do find that there are a lot of people that i can tell are definitely you know benefiting from the knowledge uh, within the group and i can see that you know the light bulb goes on for example and they and they're like oh now i get it now i understand but i'm not necessarily getting the feedback cuz they're not a client i'm not acting as a you know, fiduciary for them or anything, but Amberley probably would be able to talk more to the wins than I could, but I can definitely see the light bulbs go on, but I don't necessarily see the, the back end, you know, win per se, and maybe Amberley could speak more to that because she probably sees that more than I would.
0: Fidelity was offering $100 if you started a new account with them. And I had five people reach out that they had gotten their $100 because they had heard that Fidelity was doing this through FinTalks. Same with iBonds. I know for a fact that there's at least three people who didn't know about iBonds, didn't know what they were, and they purchased them that, you know, $10,000 at seven and then 9% interest because of the FinTalks conversations. I know a lot of personal things as well, but that have like, you know, We've helped people who are are new dads kind of get their finances in order. Do they need a will? Do they not? I know a single mom is the same way, or she wasn't sure where she should be going with her finances. And so we were able to guide her into the right, what are the next steps you should be working towards? So that was really cool.
2: We are talking with FinTalk's creator, Amberly Grant and members Mark Troudman and Monique Smabee and we are discussing FinTalks. They had recently their 100th session after two years. We're going to take a short break. I'm Doc G, and this is the Earn and Invest Podcast. All right, so most of us know the bad news already. If you were using Mint as a budgeting app, it has shut down. But the good news is After trying out Monarch Money for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com earn. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com E-A-R-N for your extended 30-day free trial. Over 30,000 investors across the U.S. are discovering a new way to build wealth. Equity Multiple brings you access to a diverse wealth generation ecosystem with cash-flowing real estate. Starting with just $5,000, you can allocate to professionally managed commercial real estate assets. Sign up in minutes, find investments that fit your strategy, and invest your desired amount through a streamlined, secured platform. Since 2015, Equity Multiple has delivered over $170 million in distributions to investors and 17.4% aggregate net return. Join the thousands of investors nationwide who are building stronger, more diversified portfolios through real estate investing. Sign up at equitymultiple.com forward slash earn and receive an enhanced return on your first investments. All investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Again, that is equitymultiple.com forward slash earn. Let me reintroduce you. We are talking to Amberly, Mark, and Monique. They are members of the FinTalk community. Monique, let's talk about you. You began in this community at the time where you were paying off debt, but you were trying to figure out how tactically to move forward. Tell us how you've changed and evolved and how FinTalks has played a role.
3: Yeah, it's been transformative in my life, especially the different connections and friendships that I've made. I've seen different people grow in their financial independence journey, which has in turn motivated me and given me ideas how to continue my journey. So most recently, Amberly was talking about wins. Um, One win that I was able to share with the group was that I recently bought a house. And that's something that has been on my list for a very long time. I was living in California and recently relocated to Tennessee. And part of that strategy was the cost of housing and being able to house hack was much more viable than in the California market that I was in. So from the group, I was inspired and was able to follow along other people who were doing that. So I'm currently renovating the house um, and will soon to be a house hacker in the next month or two, which is really exciting. So that's where this community has helped push me forward to get these goals accomplished.
2: It's interesting because a lot of us have been in that place, Monique, that you've been in where... We've read the information, but that's different than going out and actually doing it. It sounds like to me that the people you've met through FinTalks have helped you tactically move forward.
3: Yeah, I've been able to connect with other members in the FinTalk community that's doing the same thing that I want to do. So I've been able to chat with them or uh, video call them and just hear, how are you doing it? And ask questions um, day in and day out on what would I do for this or how would I do that? And that's something that's really helped me feel like I've had mentors who are a couple steps ahead of me able to share that information back.
2: Amberly, you mentioned before that FinTalks was started in the midst of the COVID pandemic. It was at a time where we all felt particularly vulnerable, and we were definitely all open to things like large Zoom meetings. How has the group dynamic changed as the pandemic has changed?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. It has changed. Like the pandemic changes us all. So, first of all, I think people are much more willing to to continue having online conversations, which they wouldn't have pre-pandemic. It might be they might show up for one. They might pay for one as like an event or something. But I think this is all through the pandemic. It's taught us that we can build community online, that before a lot of us would be like, oh, it's it's an online thing or a Facebook, and I can't actually you know learn or get to know people on that forum. And that's not true. So the cool thing about from the beginning of the pandemic is all of us were just eager to have a conversation with new people. It was fun. Then people went back to work, as I mentioned, or school. And then that changes things where there's less members, people don't join as often. And then we've had people starting to come back now that they've realized like, oh, I really liked FinTalks. Uh, I even had someone just recently donate to FinTalks, some monetary donation, who hasn't been here in one year. You just sent me money because he was like, you're like, I I still got the invites Amberly. I'm going to join again, but I haven't. So I guess the idea is that throughout the pandemic, it's made it completely acceptable to be making friends online. And now we can transition those friendships to in-person while continuing our online relationships.
2: Mark, both you and Amberly mentioned that you came to FinTalks at particularly traumatic times in your life. Tell us about dealing with life in general and having a supportive community like FinTalks available.
1: Well, it it has been absolutely, hugely supportive because my wife did ultimately pass away from her cancer, and that was last summer, so I was not able actually to go to the last FinTalks. I'm actually looking forward to my first in-person FinTalk meetup this year, but the community itself was very outreaching during that period of time, so it was very helpful in that respect and then also just being able to give back and have purpose because i was a caregiver for a period of time for her and now having this community that you know i have a connection with because as a now single person you know you find yourself especially with a spouse like i had who was my you know soulmate and best friend and everything and that kind of gets ripped away from you finding this community you know this community as well as communities like camp 5 for example. and the FI community as a whole have been hugely beneficial during this, uh, you know, difficult time for me. And I think it's enabled me to move forward in a much easier fashion than it might have been if this
2: didn't exist. Monique, talk about some of the opportunities that FinTalks have opened up for you
3: so many opportunities. It has broadened my mind and different ideas and different ways to approach finances. And the other opportunities I think is having a really really interesting set of friends that I've gathered from this group, people that I might not have crossed paths with in my day-to-day job or in my city. So getting to know people from all over the country with different jobs, different backgrounds, but we all have the one thing in common. We love finance, we wanna learn about finance and we want to help each other get move forward in finance. So that's really where I see the biggest opportunity is that uh, human connection with everyone.
2: Amberly, where does FinTalks go from here? I mean, the world is changing. The nature of the group has changed. What do you see as its future?
0: That's a great question. I actually was contemplating that last week because I've started a whole brand, which is like Amberly Grant Finance and I do uh, financial education through Instagram and Facebook. I've been, you know, thinking of broadening my horizons through like a podcast or YouTube channel. And I've been wondering, you know, where does FinTalks fit into this? Do I start charging for it? What does it look like with community members? Do I continue to grow it? Because it's, I haven't been growing it for the past couple of months as I've been um, focusing on my financial education stuff. And the conclusion I have come to is FinTalks is ever evolving. I was, this whole thought came into my mind. I was wondering, what if no one joins one week, right? We went from, you know, say we're at 50 members, and then two weeks from now, just everyone decides that we're canceling Amberly, we're not <laughs> showing up to FinTalks. What would that mean for me? And that would be very sad. I would cry a lot because this is my community. Like as Monique and Mark were saying, I built this community because this is what I love is having these conversations with people. And so FinTalks will remain as it is in the sense that it will constantly be free. It will always be on Tuesday and hosted by me unless there's a huge change in my life. Like say having a baby or something in September, mm-hmm. maybe I'll take like <laughs> two or three weeks off or, you know, have some designated hosts at that point for like a month time frame. But truthfully, I don't think this works without like my excitement and kind of the hosting that I have, because I know other people who've tried to create communities like this and it doesn't work. So FinTalks will remain. Mine, my like baby, if that makes sense, and something that will I'll continue to nurture and grow slowly as I've done before. I I, I don't actually make huge advertisements about this because I don't want to overwhelm the community with new members. So I only allow two to three new members a week. If there's you know someone's interested, so say a podcast like this, I'll get maybe thirty emails that people want to join. I tell them, great, I will like, you'll join over time. So more than likely you'll, you'll join in the next month and a half. And then we slowly introduce them to the group so that we are not having an overwhelming process of too many people who don't understand the rules. They don't understand me. I might offend them. Like we just need to slowly bring them in. So FinTalks will remain as it is. And I love
1: the fact that every time there is a new member, they usually have they are asked three questions and I'll let Amberly tell us what the three questions are, but it's a great way to get to know each new member. So these people aren't coming in kind of anonymously. And also, she encourages everyone to have their cameras on. And so if you want to lead with those three questions, that would
3: be great.
0: Yes. So I always ask three questions and I give an example. That's sometimes ridiculous. So again, you have to like my personality to be a part of FinTalks. So question one is name. Question two is location. And three is one financial fun fact about you or something you have learned. So it could be that a peanut butter and jelly sandwich costs five cents to make, and this is what you want to share with the group or something like that.
3: One key piece that makes this community so great is we have to touch on how amazing Amberly is uh, because it's her hosting skills and just keeping the conversation going and making everyone feel welcome is really what ties this all together. Like we've mentioned, some communities have tried it in the past and it hasn't worked out. And really having a leader that is really great at hosting and moving a community forward is one thing that keeps this community moving.
2: Amberly, is there a fear that getting too big would change the community or make it different?
0: Yeah. Originally I said I would would max it out at 15 people. That was my Hmm. original intent was like, Hmm. if I could even get to 15 people, like, oh my God, imagine that day. And that would be too many probably at that point. And then 15 people was okay. And then 20 people was okay. I literally thought thirty was the next. Like, no way would I add more than thirty people. I even talked to Mark and other people about it. What do we think is the comfortable number of people in Fin Talks? Because I want. I also like to try and get feedback from the community to make sure that I'm providing what everyone wants. Although sometimes people don't know what they really want, so thirty I thought would be appropriate. And then I decided I'm just going to try it and see what happens if I add a couple more people. Uh, I had a huge influx of people interested from a couple podcasts I had done. And so we are now at around, I'd say it it stays around between now 30 to 50 people every single week. And I haven't found a deterioration in level of conversation. We always have, you know, some people who talk more than others, but I always try and call on people. And like Mark said, you have to have your camera on. I would say probably one third of people don't, which is okay. I always tell them if you're like eating spaghetti or going to the bathroom, I really don't Mm -hmm. want to see that. So please turn (laughs) it off. But those, you know, keeping up that community feel, I judge it every single session. And I also judge the topics every single session. I will never go back to an insurance topic because that has been the most boring. I've tried it twice. (laughs) No one talks. So we don't do this anymore.
2: I want to ask Mark first, and then we'll ask the same question to Monique. Since Fintalk started, or right in that time period, we had a very short COVID recession. It seemed like it came and went very quickly. We are now getting to the point where the stock market is dropping. Everyone is kind of bracing for the fact that returns could be really poor over the next year or two. Things could look a little more gruesome. Tell me how it feels through the lens of FinTalk. How is the community reacting to this downturn?
1: So, so far, there's been no, you know, freak outs, I guess I would say. We did have the last week's conversation was investment policy statement. And we talked about the value of having one and why you do have one. And there was a a number of people, I think there was only about three of us that actually had a written investment policy statement. And I think there was probably what, 40 people on that call. And actually, Emily did an exercise at the end saying, let's just do an exercise, write your investment policy statement. And, And I even said, it can be as short as three sentences. Basically, you're not going to freak out. You're going to stick to your your original asset allocation through thick and thin kind of the JL Collins approach. And that can be your investment policy statement. It doesn't need to be much more than that. But you do need something where you can look at it during times of volatility and say, no, this is my plan. And this is why I do this plan. And I'm going to stick to it. And so far, a number of people are like, yeah, I have it in my head. We kind of you know, suggested, well, maybe you want to write that down. And so that it will be very interesting, especially like this week to see or this next one, because we've had this m- massive volatility during this week. And that was after our last talk to see if we need to kind of coach people down a little bit. Honestly, I've been very impressed because I've been through a number of these periods. My first job was in uh, 1987 on Wall Street, and I was on a margin desk during Black Friday, so that was my first take on you know market declines, and I've seen a number of others. So as you go through them, you get a little more hardened to you know what happens. But the March 2021 was so short; I don't think a lot of people had the experience or didn't really have to, didn't need the fortitude to get through that one. So it'll be very interesting to see how this community is able to help each other through this period, and I'm kind of interested to see how it unfolds. But that is something that this group can help each other with is especially people like myself. And there's a number of others that have been through a number of recessions. And we can explain, you know, how, you know, it it rhymes, but it is different. But these are our experiences. And I think that is what some of the older us, the old guys can help with for the younger community who may not have seen one of these events before.
2: Moni, talk about the viewpoint of maybe some of the younger people in the Fintox community, because I definitely put myself in that same category as Mark, as one of the old guys or grizzled veterans. How, How has this economic downturn appeared to you? Tell me about some of your anxieties. It's probably one of the first real kind of bleak moments of the stock market you've looked at before as an adult.
3: Yeah, definitely one of the first, yeah, more volatile pieces that I've been invested in. And that's where I go back to whatever what have I read in the past, what has the community shared? Like Mark mentioned, he has lots of experience from the last recession and coaching different clients through that. And he has shared so many great tips on what to do in those types of situations. So I think it's great to prepare for those types of situations before you get there. Like this week, we were talking about our different like finance mantras and what we're going to stick to when things happen like that. So that's where um, I fall back on that. But definitely the younger community, I think we've all been waiting for a bit of a downturn for a bit to buy in that dip and to buy in the downturn. Um, so that's something I think the younger crowd might be a little bit excited about. And this community is great because everyone has really different Different backgrounds. They work in finance, they don't work in finance, all different types of backgrounds. So I'm hearing all different types of take on it, which really helps me to feel like I'm making wise decisions. Ultimately, my decision is a long term plan, so I don't plan to do anything aside from stay on plan. But it's really neat to hear some different strategies where people might have more risk tolerance. And even if I'm not following along with them on those plans, it's very interesting to see what others are doing that might have a little more experience with some of these riskier ideas.
2: Amberly, in closing, how has being the creator of FinTalks as well as a participant changed your life?
0: Well, I have even more friends than I could ever imagine, which (laughs) is great. As I mentioned, I have spent my whole life building community, whether that was being a cheerleading coach. I have used to run a nutrition business where I did workshops and film screenings for luxury apartment building. So it's been part of my nature just to have something that I've created with people who uh, have some sort of similar mindset. And as the creator slash leader of it, my job isn't to tell people what to do or to sit there and make this about me. It's about understanding what are the individual needs of the 50 people who are in the call and try to just tweak it day by day, week by week, so that it really does encompass and bring everyone into the conversation. Some things for me is I have learned from the smartest people I have ever met. And that is really cool. I have people like Mark and Daniel and Kevin and Monique and all these people who have these incredible skill sets. Like Monique is absolutely incredible with her Etsy business. And I always look like I always ask her, Hey, do you mind doing a quick presentation on small business and how you run this? And so for me, these all these little things have changed my life because now I can call upon someone else to ask questions. Monique's helping me with this upcoming weekend because she knows about stamping bags for goodie bags for people. And I just could, I could ramble on a million ways how this has changed my life. But ultimately, again, these people who have joined FinTalks, whether they continue to join or they don't, I know that a little part of like this community has seeped into their soul so they are now going out into the world and doing good things or meeting up or learning or changing their financial plan and that's like that is that's my goal it's just a small change in everyone's life if i can
2: so mark give us the elevator pitch why join fintox or or another community similar but but why do it I think that if you're interested in
1: in finance or financial independence, which many of us are in the group, it certainly is a way to learn from others. Uh, And that is what I think is the underlying theme of this group is, and I enjoy the fact that I'm learning a lot from the younger generations as well. What are they interested in? Like, I don't invest in cryptocurrency, but I'm very interested to hear what other people are doing in that space. For example, that's just one example. But I think that you can learn... From other people in a very broad uh, spectrum, and especially as it relates to finance, but also in things that are non-financially related, just in you know things that that we all experience in our everyday lives. So, and it's it's very similar to a Camp Fi in person where you're just meeting people of all different backgrounds and experiences, and we're just sharing that with each other. And I think it's any kind of community like that, especially that has a common thread, is going to be beneficial. Um, for the participant.
2: Well, Amberly, Monique, Mark, I wanted to really thank you for coming on today. You know, I certainly take one major point away from this conversation we've had today. Up to this point, I really feel like much of education, especially financial education, has been so two dimensional. And now with things like FinTalks, it's become three dimensional. And that third dimension is support and help. And the courage to take action. And I think it has really broadened our sense of community and therefore is incredibly important, especially at this point where we feel somewhat disjointed with COVID and the world changing and all the unknowns we face. So I wanted to thank you for forming this community. And I wanted to end this episode the way I end every episode by asking you what is up next in your life. And if people want to get in contact with you, how can they? Monique, let's start with you. What is coming up next in your life? And if people want to get in touch with you, how can they?
3: What's next for me? Next big step for me is as soon as I finish renovating my house, hopefully this month, I'll begin house hacking. So that'll be the next step in my financial journey. I've also got a few more business ideas uh, in play. They're mulling around. As Amberly mentioned, I've been an Etsy shop owner for 10 years now, and I uh, create favor bags for all sorts of events. My background is event planning. So ideally, I want to start another event-related business, but I can only do so many things at a time. So I've got to get my house finished first, and then I can start my next business, but where you can find me. I spend a lot of time in the Facebook groups that are five related. So in the five singles group, I'm in one of those groups. I'm in the different larger general five groups. Um, so bop around in there and you'll find me. If you want to check out my Etsy shop, it's sweettimes.etsy.com And it's sweet, like candy times, like the herb. So between those two, you'll find me.
2: And Mark, what's up next in your life and where can people find you? So I will be attending a number of Camp Fi. So
1: anyone out there that's going to be at uh, Camp Fi Rocky Mountain, I'm actually speaking at that one. And I will be at the Midwest and the, what is it, the the one in California as well. Let's see what's up next besides that. I do teach a financial literacy class at the local high school, and I love doing that. That's one of my favorite things to do. And that's in the fall. And then if you want to, you know, contact me or find out what I'm up to. You can find me on Facebook under my name, Mark Troutman. I also have a blog that I started writing a number of years ago. I haven't contributed a lot to that lately, but it's marksmoneymind.com. And then um, also like on you know the other social platforms, Mark's Money Mind is usually where you can find me.
2: And I will be joining Mark as a speaker at the Camp 5 Southwest in California. That's in Julian, California, right? Pretty close to San Diego. So, I hope to see a bunch of people there. And last, but of course not least, Amberly Grant. What is up next in your life and where can people find you?
0: Yeah, my biggest presence is on Instagram. I have been creating very quirky, I like to think hilarious videos on Instagram about financial education. So, that's Amberly Grant on Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, I'm Amberly Grant Finance. And then you know, one day that YouTube channel will actually happen, which is just going to be under Amberly Grant and is already existing with no content on it. On it, What's coming up next is we have FinTalks weekend. So that's a weekend of fun uh, activities for everyone. Friday night, meet and greet. Saturday morning, do whatever you want. Escape rooms. We go to MMMHQ on Saturday night, where we have speakers all night long and drinks and food. Sunday morning workout at Red Rocks. So you get to see Denver and the beautiful uh, city uh, from an amazing venue. And then we are getting drunk all afternoon <laughs> at the bars and cideries that are in Denver, Colorado. So that's the biggest event that's coming up that I'm planning for and cannot wait to get through, but completed in the sense that I get to actually do it.
2: The MMMHQ is the Mr. Money Mustache headquarters. Uh, in Colorado. And if people want to sign up or know more about FinTalks, is there an easy place for them to go?
0: Yeah. Go to AmberlyGrant.com. And I have a specific link for FinTalk. So feel free just to stick your email in there and then you can join the group. And as I said, I'll trickle you in.
2: This has been the Earn and Invest Podcast on behalf of myself, Doc G. I'd like to thank Amberly, Mark, and Monique. That's a wrap. Awesome. Is there anything we didn't cover? Anything we should have talked about that we didn't?
0: No. Oh, I think Monique and Mark did a fantastic job. (laughs)
3: It was really fun. Thank you for having us on. This was great.
2: Yeah, no, it's really cool. I mean, I think you guys have done something really special. Um, And... Yeah, it, it, you know, I dig this this conversation about education with empathy, right? So really, you get a little bit of both. You get knowledge and you learn, get learning, but you also get a support group, which is so important.
1: I was going to say, I love the introduction that it would, you know, use cheers as an introduction <laughs> because I, when you were going through that, and of course I didn't hear that in advance, I was thinking, that's exactly what this is, you know, and there's also drinking involved sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it
2: wasn't, I swear to God, it wasn't the drinking that I was pointing to, but it, and I know, was trying to figure out who am I in that? Am I Fraser? I- <laughs> You're Norm. Norm. <laughs> no, you know, I think the metaphor is apt though. Um, you know, after I did, I, I watched that show growing up. Right. And there was just when it came down to it, the show was all about a sense of community to me, at least. Mm-hmm. Right. There was the hijinks. There were the problems. There were the ups and downs. But ultimately, it was about going through life better by having relationships. And I, I to me, that's what fin Talks appeared to to be from the outside. And why I wanted to have this conversation is, is it. I just think there's this thing about community which makes everything better. And Amberly, you've done a fabulous job of creating a community for people, and clearly, people are benefiting
3: from it. I loved the connection um, when you were reading the phrases where it said, somebody knows your name. And I thought that was so ring true of FinTalks. I was like, yes, everyone knows who I am, or most people know who I am when I joined FinTalks. Where I was saying the bigger, larger Facebook communities, I'll know a couple names that'll pop up in different chats, um, but I doubt many people know who I am. There's just so many people in there. So I thought that was such a great connection you made.
2: Yeah. And I think that's true. Right. Because now there are these huge, especially if you're in the FI movement. Right. If you're in the financial independence movement or the fire movement, there are these huge communities like choose FI, which is great. But yes, like there's a certain number of characters that most people know who are in those groups. But the vast range of people are fairly anonymous, um, which means you get a larger sense of community and knowledge, but you don't get that kind of closer intimate feel.
1: And I was going to say the video aspect, I think adds a lot of benefit too, because I think in the online communities, because there's no face and people might say things that they wouldn't say if they were in person or on camera yeah. and we act, you know, we're, we're having conversations as if they're, you know, we're all in the same room Um, and it's very cordial and, and no one's, you know, saying nasty things or the things you see online that, you know, kind of turn your stomach. Um, So I think that the video platform, it, has that benefit is it yeah. amberly do you do you do you
2: record the videos do you keep them
0: I don't so I actually i used to and then I decided that I wouldn't just for privacy reasons for people and mm-hmm. I've had a ton of people actually tell me that I should, because I, this is like, this should be the podcast I create, right? Where it's just basically replaying FinTalks. Um, and I've kind of shopped it to the group and everyone's like, eh, I don't know about that. Um, yeah. And and truthfully, like the community aspect is a more important thing than, you know, me creating a podcast through fin Talks. Instead, I just take the ideas and then throw them on Facebook the next day, right? Um, and, but what I was going to say was um, with Mark and the video, Oh, in the chat, what was I going to say about that? Um, I don't remember, but um, yeah, that I, uh, uh, what did you say? Mark, you said, I said the video because, aspect said, is really good.
1: Yeah, because you're in video, you're not, you know, no one's saying anything oh, about yeah. our story or anything like that.
0: Yeah. As a content creator online, I get the worst comments sometimes, especially hmm. if I'm talking about landlording or Airbnb, like the worst comments calling me the scum of the earth. Do I look at a homeless person and like think I'm hoarding wealth? And I'm like, cool, you don't even know how I do these houses. I'm actually provide like cheaper housing for students because I clean my Airbnb, blah, 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 whatever. Um Nasty comments. And mm-hmm. I can go into FinTalks and I can tell them what I'm doing. I literally showed my numbers last week of every dollar I make off of my properties. And no one sent nasty comments. Everyone was extremely supportive and excited for me and wanted to like literally three people are like, Can I get that spreadsheet? Like obviously not with my numbers, but they want to, you know, recreate the spreadsheet for themselves. And like that's what the community is. It's real people doing real things, talking about real things in the in the right way. So when the world's going crazy. GME is happening and you know the stock market's going down, we can just get on a call and be like, oh, hey, what are you normal people doing? Okay, cool. This sounds great. Yeah. And yeah, again, as a content creator, you're like, what is going on out there? And then I come into the real world, which is funny enough, Zoom, and <laughs> it humbles me and makes me happy again.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is sad how much success bashing there is out there. Um, and yeah, I mean we we've got to decide, I mean, as a bigger community, we've got to decide what's acceptable, right? Like making money right now is very acceptable. You go, you learn a skill and you sell that skill or you make a craft and you sell that craft, you make money for it. And being a landlord is no different like you. And there's, there's people who can do it ethically and there's people who can do it unethically, but that's everything, right? Like every business, there are people making tons of money who, who act incredibly ethically. And then there's people who make tons of money who don't, um, I'm not sure why. I mean, I guess there's just a lot of there's always discontent when there's people who feel like they're not doing how they should. Um and and there are real societal issues. Correct. For sure. There are too. There are definitely some people who are taking advantage of the system and doing bad things. Um yep. but it 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 amazing it's amazing to me the backlash and unfortunately online there's a huge backlash and there's specifically a huge backlash against women, um, yes, and yes. a backlash against minorities, and it just it boggles my mind because it's it's just sad. I think from from the women I know who create content, it is not an easy thing to do because I think for whatever reason, the hatred towards successful women content creators or successful women business uh, owners is just magnified hugely compared to everyone else. But
0: Yeah, I actually I asked a couple of my male counter, like friends who are also, who are bigger than me. And I was like, do you get comments like this? And, you know, I get inappropriate comments in my DMS and things, but, and no, they don't like yeah, people are so much better to them.
2: <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's really, it's a, it's, a, it's yeah. a major problem. And um, yes. I, I've, I know a number of female creators who have told me all the same thing and it's just, it's, it's wrong.
0: It's good to know. I'm not alone.
2: Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Tech moves fast. So keep pace with the Daily Crunch podcast from TechCrunch. With new episodes every day, this podcast will give you a quick overview on everything you need and should know about startups, new tech, regulations, and more. Listen to TechCrunch Daily Crunch now wherever you get your podcasts. That's TechCrunch TechCrunchDailyCrunch.com